Welcome to the Jay Kim Show. This is your host, Jay Kim. I am an investor, author, and fitness entrepreneur. And for the first time in Asia, I sit down with the world's most brilliant minds in business, investing, and entrepreneurship. You'll learn all the secrets, strategies, and formulas to becoming a successful entrepreneur directly from the masters. If this is your first time listening, thank you for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week with the goal of providing actionable insight to you, the listener, with every single episode. And now, on to the show. Today, we have a very special episode. We sit down with Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary V is one of these natural-born entrepreneurs. He was hustling around at the age of five, setting up lemonade stands and selling baseball cards, making thousands of dollars a week. He then took his family's wine business from $3 million in annual revenue to $60 million in just five years. Now, he runs VaynerMedia, which is one of the world's hottest digital and social media marketing agencies. He's also a prolific angel investor, investing in companies like Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and Uber. He is a New York Times bestselling author of four books, popular podcaster, inspirational public speaker, and all-around entrepreneurial giant. I'm a huge fan of Gary's, and if you know him or follow any of the content that he pumps out on a daily basis, you will know that he's a very busy guy. We're extremely lucky to have him on the show, and he talks about the most important aspect of being an entrepreneur. It's not something that you would probably think of right off the bat. He also talks about where he thinks attention will be in 2017. If you know him at all, you know he's very big on attention. I think you're going to love the episode. Let's jump right in. Get ready to hear some gold. Okay, so Gary V, you are obviously world-renowned entrepreneur. Unfortunately for my audience here out in Asia, uh, and I apologize for this, many people probably don't know who you are. That's much more my fault than theirs. I, uh, <laughs> and honestly, it's actually one of the things sitting in my life that I'm most excited about, which is my you know, future plans of expansion of the content and travels and the speaking and the offices. It's almost like a whole new frontier opportunity, right? So, And by the way... Right. The way the world is fragmented, even in the United States, within social media, where it's probably my biggest crossover of ability of being known, I'm always aware of where I actually sit in the lexicon. So I'm excited, and I appreciate you having me on, and I'm excited to be, I'm excited for so many people hearing me for the first time. No, no, absolutely. And I think herein lies the opportunity, and this is why, you know, me and Alex first connected. So I think, you know, you're going to have a huge, huge opportunity coming forward, and we're going to get into sort of your views on Asia and, and mm-hmm. China later on. But mm-hmm. um. So you're an entrepreneur. You were you were like a born and bred sort of real, real, you know, entrepreneur sort of in your blood. Why don't you just run us real quick through your story, yeah. and then also, um, also about specifically your parents yep. and how supportive they were? Because yeah. so the thing is with Asian within Asian culture, yes. and it might be similar to your culture. It is. Uh, it's not it's not supported, mm-hmm. you know. And a lot of you know my 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 father, for example, was first generation immigrant from Korea to the U.S. And he struggled himself to to pay the bills and whatnot. And so he would be very against, uh, you know, he'd probably disown me if I said, oh, I'm going to go be an entrepreneur. He's like, no, get a stable job, right? Education was the way out. Exactly. So I was born in the Soviet Union, obviously a different version of communism, especially in the 70s. Obviously, I think for people that have parents or grandparents that grew up in communist Asia, you know, they, they can relate much more than my American contemporaries. You know, we got out of there luckily in the late 70s when I was a kid. We came to America. We were super poor. 
my parents are very much my heroes. They built their American dream. My dad, you know, used to drive from Queens to New Jersey to get paid two bucks an hour to be a stock boy in a liquor store. It was very much that kind of thing. I was entrepreneur from the get, you know, lemonade stands, baseball cards, that kind of stuff. When I was 10, 11, 12, I was making, you know, hundreds of dollars, if not thousands of dollars a weekend selling baseball cards in the malls of New Jersey. So kind of knew I had it from a very, very, very young age. Um, probably, you know, if you look at the graph, as soon as I kind of knew I had it, fourth grade was right around the time my grade started to slip. Um, <laughs> I was just very self-aware. You know, I talk a lot about self-awareness. I just knew who I was. And I really genuinely, you know, I don't talk about this a lot. I genuinely believed that my schooling career was going to be my last great vacation. And so <laughs> I kind of took advantage of it that way. And I thought yep. I could get a real head start and be educated. And, you know, I, I'm scared to think what would what I would have looked like if the internet was around because I barely I probably forget about graduating college or even high school. I'm not sure I would have graduated grammar school. So <laughs> my dad dragged me into the liquor store when I was 14 that he now owned. Uh, I fell in love with wine collecting and the culture of wine. Thought I could build a big business in 1996. At 21 years old, I launched one of the first e-commerce wine businesses in America. And from 1998 to 2003, in that five-year window, I grew my dad's business from a three to a $60 million business using modern digital tactics, right? Email marketing, e-commerce right. itself at the time, Google AdWords, blogger outreach. Then YouTube came along. I started a wine show. That was right around the time Twitter and Facebook were kind of doing their thing as well. I used those platforms to build my brand and uh, became an investor in Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. Uh, blew up on the social media scene, the Web 2.0 scene, as it was originally called, was one of the 25 most followed people on Twitter in the early days. And my career took a big turn. Right. But when you were 14, though, yes. your dad dragged you into the wine business. That must have been kind of like, Dad, I'm trying to hustle. I'm trying to be an yeah. entrepreneur here. Why are you doing this to me? You know what? When you're 14, I think a lot of people know this. Like, I'm sure that crossed my mind, but there was just no, you know, there's no debating or negotiating <laughs> with immigrant parents, right? Like, that's true, that's so true, very for, true. For a lot of people, that was get good grades and there was nowhere to go. My mom punished yeah. me for bad grades, but she quietly created an interesting framework of what I would call light lines in the sand, right? Movable lines in the sand. She didn't want me to be disrespectful or completely punt it and become a degenerate, but she absolutely gave me the freedom to do my thing. You know, it's funny, I just dug right. up my report card. In my entire high school career, I got four A's all in gym, you know, so I was far <laughs> from a from a scholar. And so I think that uh, it was tough. I, I went from being my own boss, making $800 a weekend, $1,400 a weekend, to making 30 bucks a weekend, bagging ice for 15 hours a day in a liquor store. But at the same token, I just kind of wanted to support my family's thing and was willing to pay my dues and was thankful for my parents coming to this country, even at that age, knew that what they did was special and wanted to support our thing. Right, right. So it's kind of like, okay, fine. You drag me into the family business. I'm still an entrepreneur. Watch this. Watch what I'm going to do with your, the family business. Yes. And then I'm going to go when and, I, and take yes, off. Yes. When I realized that I didn't want to sell beer and liquor, but when I realized there was a culture around wine and wine collecting, I saw the storytelling. I saw the creativity. I saw the marketing and I really ran with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So here's a funny story, Gary. I, I actually found you back in 08, 09 on YouTube. So I've, I, uh, my girlfriend, who's my wife now, girlfriend at the time, her, her mom is a big wine person. So mm -hmm. I was kind of surfing around on the web. I was like, trying to, trying to impress. Exactly. Exactly. Trying to impress. And I, I, I stumbled upon your, your, your YouTube channel. I was like, wow, this guy is interesting because, 
you know, he's actually, I saw the one where you, in, in like half an hour, you do like uh, how to expand your palate. Yes. And you, you, yeah, awesome episode. By the way, the episode that put me on the map, and I don't remember, I think it's, you know, episode 174 or something like that, you know, talk about patience. Nobody was watching the show. That episode where I taste all those different flavors and went to yeah. the supermarket and Twizzlers yeah, and yeah. dirt and flowers. Yes, and you saw, yes, that's the one. That episode made the front page of Dig. There was no bigger get in 2008 right. on the web yes. than getting on the front page of Dig. Right. That made a lot of people aware of me. That started Kevin Rose becoming aware of me, which helped me get on Dig Nation, his blog, which helped me spike aggressively in the Twitter following count. So very, very important episode creatively for me. That was amazing. So you went from from that and then I, I actually kind of, I lost, lost touch. touch. Makes sense. Yes. Yep. And then boom, five years later, you are everywhere, right? So unbelievable ascent. Thank you. And you know, I read Crush It probably maybe a couple years after that, which by the way, changed my life as well. And I'm, I'm sure you hear that all the time. Awesome book. You know, it's funny. I'm, uh, I'm putting the pieces together to write a book called Crushed It. So if it didn't change <laughs> your life, I'd love for you to send me an email in detail because I'm going to write an updated version of it, how to build personal brand in this new environment and why the opportunity is greater than ever. But I also want to feature 30, 40, 50, 70 people who actually read the book and had tangible results happen. Yep. I will absolutely do that. Please, please. So, so you go from there and now you are everywhere, you know, you're an investor, you uh, are running a, you know, multi, multi-million dollar uh, digital marketing agency. You have, obviously, you still have your wine business running. How do you manage to keep, I mean, you obviously have a huge team now, you know, uh, as well. But how do you manage to stay current and uh, have your hands basically in everything? By realizing there's no option, right? Like, I'm, I've made my bed, now I have to sleep in it. I've positioned myself as the guy who's going to know what Marco Polo is or Musical.ly is or Snapchat is. And so kind of suffocating myself, calling my bluff, right? Like, you know, I just have to give something else up to stay current. Having a venture firm, you know, I'm about to close my next fund called Vayner Capital. That will help, you know, I'm seeing stuff that helps. Vayner Media, you know, is now almost an 800 person firm in five offices, 100 million revenue business. There's a lot of innovation and thought and staying current happening through there, including now that we're doing significant amount of work with the platforms, we understand where Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook are going sometimes even before the media or the rest of the mm. market as a partner. So that doesn't hurt. Um, you know, you know, what's funny, you know what the real answer is? Cause I want to, how do I stay current? <laughs> Cause I want to, you know, like, right. like when you want to do anything, you figure it out, right? You're giving That's up right. something else because I'm not watching this or playing that or meeting this or, you know, doing that. And so, you know, I do what I want to, like, I want to watch the New York Jets every weekend. And so I do that. And that takes out of family time, takes out of business time, but that's my escapism. That's my re release point, right? I want to see my family and more. And so now starting this fall, I've, I've cut out Friday nights, which used to be very, very effective for me. And was a place where I'd get four to six hours worth of meetings that I couldn't fit in the rest of the week, you know, gone. And that will mean right. less business results because I want to see Misha and Xander and Lizzie more. So yeah. it's choices, right? So how, do, how am I current and how am I at the forefront? Because I want to be. Right, right. So let's talk about entrepreneurship and entrepreneurs. Um, you know, you are born, with, you're a born entrepreneur and that's just in your blood, in your, in your DNA. Some people are like that. Can entrepreneurs be made, so to speak? Right. And, and by the way, and by the way, not all basketball players are born like LeBron and Carmelo and Durant, right? Like, mm, like mm. I definitely believe that I was gifted 
more entrepreneurial upside than most people. No question. I mean, I, I just don't know what else to say. I mean, I know it. It's always been right. there. It's not, it's not ego. It's 35 years of history. I sold more lemonade than everybody. I made more money based on everybody. I built a bigger liquor store than everybody. I built a personal brand bigger than most. I've, in four minutes, built one of the biggest social digital agencies in the most competitive space. Like, like I've done it. So, yeah, I've got it. But by the way, that doesn't mean, for example, I'm in much better shape than I was 24 months ago. I'm, I'm nowhere close to highly ranked in the physical specimens of the world, but I am dramatically better than I was 30 months ago. And that's how I think about it, right? Like, you know, right. everybody's got a cap. I think my cap's multi-billions. I think other people's caps are several hundreds of thousands. But, but if that's better than having a job and not have, being as happy making 87, or let me throw you for a real weird dupe, people listening what's better making 187,000 a year as an executive and not being that happy or making a buck 27 as an entrepreneur and being super happy that's an interesting debate it's super easy when you make more money right but what right. about what's right. the happiness uh kind of line versus the money line and i think all of us have different lines right i leave lots of money on the table for happiness every day and other people do as well so yes i do, i do not think that all entrepreneurs are built equal I do think that I was gifted with talent, but that's the truth of everything. Fashion designers, cooks, yep. you know, Beyonce was born with more singing talent than me. Can I be a better singer than I am today? I sure can. After three years of singing lessons, I think I'll be borderline below average, you know, but that's a hell of a lot better than atrocious. Right. You know? So I, I love when you, you talk about your fitness because I watched so your transformation in the last two years. I'm kind of in the fitness industry myself. I do some coaching on the side. So yes. But I, I always joke because I think that you have like a mini fitness accelerator going on when you <laughs> probably don't even know it because I see these guys, you know, Roman and, and Mike Vacanti, anyone that basically tra trains you ends up going through and, and being successful. So it's awesome to see that. Well, it's true. I mean, I'm doing it with Jordan now. Like, you know, listen, yep. listen, when you're very close, these are full time, you know how they roll. They're full time. They're with me all the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You can't help but pick up on habits and like all of a sudden Jordan's side is like really killing it on Facebook video, which is helping his yeah. business. I mean, it's just, you know, and, and by the way, their successes are a reminder to me that I'm on the right path, right? Right. Like I'm looking at them black and white and I'm watching their growth and it's completely predicated on the tactics and, and it's the religion and the tactics. So I want to talk about the state of entrepreneurship right now. I, I, I see, and, and you've talked about this in the past too, you know, there's a lot of weird stuff going on in the online space, the current state of affairs, online businesses. What are you most afraid of right now when you see, you know, these guys on Instagram uh, flashing dollars and, and actually making money off of it? You know, I mean, is there, will there be a day of reckoning or is this, is this something that we just have to deal with and that's part of, you know, are they quote unquote entrepreneurs as well? There, that's been part of society, like selling get rich quick schemes, and all the way down to versions of it that don't seem as bad, but in essence are still selling the same core philosophy, have been around from the moment of time. I'm sure there's, mm. I'm sure there was a guy who was like, hey, caveman Rick, there's a bunch of rocks over to that hill. Give me a fur and I'll, <laughs> yeah, and I'll yeah. take you there. Like, I mean, you know, that unfortunately, there's a lot of different DNA traits in the world. And so, you know, there's people that are like, posting tons of pictures of watches and, and airplanes and their description is, I can help you make $1,000 a day, click here. That's gonna happen forever, right? That's right. gonna happen right. forever. And then very honestly, that crew 
is really not happy with me right now. I've been noticing more negative comments about me from right. you know millionaire, billionaire, schmillionaire handles um, on Insta, and that means I'm having an impact. I'm actually happy about that. Right. I mean, and you always talk about being real, and I, I feel like there has to be some sort of day of reckoning. I there, mean, maybe let not. Me, let me tell you where the day of reckoning is. The day of reckoning is when the person that's making that money like lives their lives and they're conscious or, or their grandkids calling them out and saying you weren't authentic in the way you made your money or a million different things that have, or them getting screwed by somebody in a bigger game. They didn't understand they made a million on, on being kind of huckstery on Instagram, but then a fi- financial advisor hosed them out of their money. Do you know what I mean? Right, right, right. And by the way, yeah. there's people that live, scam it out, get all the way to the finish line, die, happy, you know, money, power, you know, but like, I don't know, man, like I could never, like how you make your money is more important than how much you make. And more importantly, here's what I know. The day of reckoning for them is happening every day. It's the way that people view them in the world. And whether it's talked about or not, they want to be on that pedestal. They may have the money of that pedestal, but nobody's going to respect somebody who made a million dollars in a skeezy kind of lowbrow way, the same way they're gonna respect somebody who made a million dollars the right way. And by the way, a lot of people say, I don't care. The truth is, that's right. You don't care when you're climbing your way to make that money. You do care when you get there. I've met all of them. And they start worrying about why they aren't on the cover of magazines. Why are they not respected? Why don't they know Zucks? Why doesn't the A-list hang with them? Why do people whisper behind their backs? Why are people like, not really like inviting them to the cool shit. Why do they have to keep finding the next sucker? It gets exhausting. You become the 48 year old dude going to like the bar trying to get 20 year old chicks. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, Gary, you are very good at observing people and and seeing trends form. And uh, you know, some even call you a predictor of of sorts, um, you know, with YouTube, Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, what have you. You've in the last year or so, I know you've made a huge push, Snapchat, Facebook Live, and you you always talk about attention. Where's the attention going to be? So why don't you tell us where you think the attention will be in 2017? You know, I think much of the same because remember, I don't predict, so I don't know, right? I didn't, you know, I think Snapchat will continue to do well. I think Instagram will continue to do well. I think Facebook will continue to do well. I think Twitter will continue to struggle. I think that Musical.ly will continue to grow. And then obviously in Asia, you know, it's, it's different with a WeChat or things of that nature. But I, I think that in the US market, you know, WeChat got such scale and obviously had different dynamics than a full-pledged Silicon Valley capitalistic system that allowed it to scale and have that kind of monopoly. In the US, you don't have that scenario. And so tomorrow something may pop up and take the attention, right? Tumblr and Pinterest aren't as good as they were three years ago. They used to be top of my tongue. They no longer are. Now, mm. you know, now Snapchat kind of takes that role, you know, going way back, Ustream used to have that, right? And so, you know, YouTube still has it, Um, you know, and then you you just never know, you know, Marco Polo is an app that caught my attention, but Yik Yak was important to me for 45 minutes, you know, like, I mean, (laughs) you know, the truth is, to me, it's of that day. I don't know. People always say to me, like, Gary, you always talk, sometimes people, when they consume my content, they're like, Gary, you don't, you don't talk about stuff, like, I want the details you know, like you rah-rah me, but I want full details. And I'm like, gosh, I'm the easiest to get details from. Just yeah. just watch what I'm doing. Yeah. Like out of everybody, I think I'm the easiest to like get value from because 
my actions. Like, watch. Well, and, and you also, and, and just your books alone and your YouTube channel. I mean, you go really deep under the hood with those, you know, Aspect Gary V and Jab, 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 Right Hook. But what happens is somebody will follow my Instagram channel where my strategy is a little bit more quick, creative, rah, rah, right? And, and I'm like, right. my God, nobody does anything like Ask Gary V with that detail. And more right, importantly, exactly. and more importantly, I'll never trump watching me ever. And I don't mean Daily right. V, which we curate and create into something that's entertainment uh, and context. No, no, I mean me. Like, watch me reply to people. Watch what I post. Watch how I post. How often do I post? Why am I linking my musically to my Instagram? Why do I mainly reply on Twitter but not post content? Uh, why do I repeat my content on Twitter eight times a day or three times a day? Because I know that people aren't seeing it. Like, there's a, like, watch me, right? Why do I email once a week? You know, why do I have a YouTube show? Why am I 90% Facebook video? Like, watch me. Like, I, right. I just love that. They're like, well, give me details. I'm like, details? Watch me. It's the most free thing of all time. Exactly. Wait, you're going to pay for an $800 ebook that claims details, you idiot? <laughs> All right, so Gary, have you ever been to Hong Kong before? I haven't. I've spent no time in Asia, and I think it's, like I said, it's been building this kind of crescendo in my own mind of like going big and going, you know, I've got an Apple TV show that's coming uh, that yes. will air in April next year that I know will maybe be the right building block to, to launch my, you know, if I go, I'm going to go hard, right? I'm going to go to Asia. Yes. I'm going to go for two weeks. I'm going to do 9,700 things, you know? So right. I'm really excited about it. I've started converting, yeah. I've started converting some of my content into Mandarin. Wow. Nice. So uh, it's very, very top of mind, but I haven't done it yet. You know, and, that, and that's why I don't, and you know what's funny about me? I don't talk about it, right? The reason you don't hear me talk a lot about it is I don't want to talk that I'm going to do it. Right. When I do it, then I'll talk about it. Yeah, and I think you've taken the right approach because you know a lot of companies come into Asia and China and they think that they can just steamroll their way in. Impossible. And you know what? They're out of business in 18 months. Impossible. Impossible. I'm, I was born in Russia. You know, I know how business is done in Russia. I know how business is done in different cultures. I know how business is done in Tennessee versus New York. The naivete for the culture and the context and the angles and the relationships is there's so much audacity for especially American business people. And I just will not take that approach. I'll be very calculated, very patient, very empathetic, very respectful. Uh, and, and most of all, I'm going to repeat it again, outrageously patient. I love that. Okay. We're going to look to uh, wrap up. I know, I know you're, we're a little short on time. Listen, I want to, uh, I want to ask you, look, you, you talk about a lot of things, self-awareness, hustle, gratitude. You hate negativity. You're a really positive guy. You talk about passion. You've gone on the record saying that you hate complaining. So, so what is the single most important, if this is even possible to answer, the single most important trait to become a successful entrepreneur? Self-awareness. Above all else. Above all else. Yep. Okay. Because once you know who you are, if you accept it, which I guess is in itself a definition of self-awareness, yep. you can roll. I mean, I, I wish I was a lot of things. I wish. Right. But I'm not. And because I'm self-aware, that's the seed that makes everything else. You know, I don't complain a lot because I'm happy, because things are going well, because I was self-aware and I don't put myself in a position to not succeed. And I'm even self-aware about the things that I do, like trying to bite off more than I could chew, extending myself, you know, but I'm willing to pay the casualties or the toll for those uh, inefficiencies and those shortcomings. So, you know, above all else, self-awareness, above all else, man. Got it. Because you're allowed to then maximize your 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 natural, uh, your natural abilities and talents and like it's, man, above all else. All right, 
Awesome. Thanks, Thank man. You. you So you are everywhere. Um, I mean, literally every social media channel, Gary Vaynerchuk <laughs> is on. Tell my uh, listeners where the best place is to find you. And if there's any uh, specific place that you would you want their attention to be, um, you know, when they hear this. At the end of the day, it comes down to wherever they consume the most or wherever's most convenient for them. Obviously, for people that are deeply uh, entrenched in, let's say, a China social ecosystem, I'm not there yet mm-hmm. in a meaningful way. But outside of that, you know, um, I'm pretty much everywhere. So whatever works for them, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, you know, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, uh, you can find me. Awesome. We'll, we'll get that all linked up. Listen, Gary, thanks so much for being on, man. Stay well. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. All the show notes and links can be found over at jkimshow.com. Come back often and make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Don't forget to join us next week for another exciting episode of The J. Kim Show. I'd love to hear your comments. You can find me on Twitter at jkimmer, J-A-Y-K-I-M-M-E-R. See you guys next week. This podcast is brought to you by Hack Your Fitness, the high achiever's guide to getting ripped in under three hours a week. If you're anything like me, you're probably working a full-time job or jobs and trying to find time to balance family life, social life, and last but not least, fitness. Look, I get it. I'm a full-time investor and entrepreneur myself and father of two. So how am I able to stay fit year-round without spending hours and hours in the gym killing myself on the cardio machine? After struggling for the last 15 years trying every workout and diet under the sun, I finally designed a system that allows me to achieve and maintain single-digit body fat for life in under 3 hours a week. Cardio not required. Head on over to hackyour.fitness and download my free 13-page guide that teaches you the simple science behind efficient fitness and smart nutrition and gives you everything you need to know to finally take control of your life. That's hackyour.fitness.